0: The time is now. Every moment counts. Your voice, your decision, and who you are matters. Take a minute, breathe. You are a part of history. So join the community and let's build something great. Montgomery County Community College. Your future starts
1: here. Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons. You're listening to The Kiss Room on Montco Radio. But you knew that.
0: together people you gotta unite under one common cause I believe the cause we should unite under is rock and roll if you came here tonight to hear about how we're gonna save the whales if you came here tonight to hear about how we're gonna end hunger in the world if you came here tonight to hear about what war should continue and which one should stop. You are in the wrong place tonight, people. We are here to escape from all the bad news. We are here to have a good time. It's okay. Even when things are going bad, it ain't a crime to say, you know something, I'm not feeling so good, I think I oughta Rock and Roll
2: I'm at party every day! You wanted the best and you got it! I band in the lake.
3: That's right, KISS Army. You wanted the best, and you got the best. It's our second day of our two-day celebration here in the KISS Room. I know some of you are out in Indianapolis for the KISS Expo. Some of you are driving there. Some of you are just hanging out. We got a party in here. Day two of our KISS Room two-day celebration. This goes out to all the people that were here yesterday right here in Monco Radio where music and minds meet That's right, KISS Army. It is a two-day celebration here in the KISS Room. We got all kind of cool people. I'm going to talk to everybody. We're going to go around. And, you know, first, my first guest here, Tom, I call you Tom Stewart because that's how I first met you. Tom, welcome to the KISS Room.
4: What's up, guys? How you doing?
3: So now, look, a lot of you, when we've been playing songs in April, we played a bunch of songs from what I call from the cassette box, where I've been moving and I have all these cassettes, and I have a ton of cassettes from Christine, which was your band when I met you. And it's funny because I was thinking of this on the on that episode when Paul and Larry were here. And I said, Oh, I've known Paul for 20 years. And I'm thinking, wait, it's 30 years. College. <laughs> and so, but I've probably known you at least 20 years. 20- well, that was
4: probably 91. Yeah, early. So, you know, do the math. I'm a Polak. <laughs> I got to think for a minute. 91, <laughs> 2001, <laughs> 2011. That's twenty seven years. It's probably
3: maybe like you figure now. Look, we were we got a room full of people. Everybody remembers the Empire, the Cell Block, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And so, really, what I'm going to do to get kind of people started off is I'm going to play a track from Christine. And we're going to talk about your history. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. That's right. You're in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio where music minds meet. The room is packed with good people. I'm going to introduce you all right now. We got Jerry Lee Watkins What's up, everybody? is back to play some music. Susan, you got to lean into the mic and say your last name because... <laughs> Viscusi. Viscusi. <laughs> Bay Ragney from Totally Driven Entertainment. Bay, welcome back to the Kiss Room.
5: Hey, thank you. It's finally I've gotten
3: here. <laughs> You've been here on Completely Damaged, so you're a veteran of Monco Radio.
5: But not of the kiss room.
3: That's true. So I'm a virgin. For, that's awesome. So we're going to tell you. No more. You got your Vinnie Vincent shirt. We're going to talk about Vinnie Vincent. Frank Galanti, welcome back, of course. Day hey. two of our celebration. You brought along your lovely daughter, Mia Bella. Yes. Mia Bella, how are you? Good. Fantastic. <laughs> Tom Stewart, we talked to you. We're going to continue with your story. And I got Paul Adler and Larry Barrow back again. Hey. We are going to be having the internet premiere of 77 Gold from Trifalon coming up later. So you have something to stay tuned for. Now, Tom. I know you are a lifelong Kiss fan. Yeah. One of the things that I ask everybody on their first time to the Kiss Room, when did you first discover Kiss? When did you first see Kiss? I know you go way back.
4: Well, I was lucky enough to have a father who was a musician, and in the 70s, he was in a cover band uh, called The Exceptions. They were kind of like the biggest you know, local cover band in the area at the time, Jersey Shore and all that stuff. And so he used to have albums laying around all the time because he was always learning stuff for the show that they were, you know, the cover band he was in. So this is around sometime in 76. I'm, I, you know, middle of seven. I mean, it was probably towards the middle of 76. They I, probably right after destroyer came out. Uh, they were learning Beth and um, shouted out loud for the, for their, you know, their club gigs. So I'm going through his albums, <clears throat> you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Floyd, you know, weather report, all kinds of like crazy <laughs> stuff, you know, stuff that I like, but as a kid, and bam, Destroyer. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at it, and, you know, of course, you know, the cover is iconic, you know, cartoon, you know, just superheroes, destroyed city, whatever. So I put it on, and I'm just like, what? Like, you know, this is a real band, you know? And I was seven, so you know, perfect storm for a seven-year-old. Absolutely. You know? And I was hooked, you know, and it was Destroyer. And, um, you know, just I think I caught some glimpses of them on television around that time, maybe. I didn't see the Paul Lindt Halloween Halloween special, but I remember seeing commercials, you know, and this is probably right around... It was probably about within the the next year when they were starting to run ads for them coming to the spectrum and stuff like that. And I just remember coming home from school, watching cartoons, and bam, there was a commercial for a Kiss show or whatever. Freaking out, you know? And the funny thing is, you know, that was the first album I had, but there was no pictures of them on that album. Nothing on the inside sleeve. It was just, uh, you know, an artist, Ken Kelly's painting. So, you know, and I didn't know who sang what. You know, the songwriting credits were screwing me up because God of Thunder says Paul Stanley. And I'm thinking, all right, well, wait a minute. Which guy's Paul Stanley? Because, you know, like, which, who, which guy's who? And it took me a little while before getting some magazines and figuring out who was who and who was singing what. So that, that first, like, few months of being a fan was, was really, you know, just discovering what, what the real deal was, you know. And uh, I think I got Kiss Alive right after that. And that was just, you know, the gatefold, the cover, the live, seeing those live pictures, right. this is what they look like on stage. I mean, forget it. You know, it was just
3: amazing. You know, I think that's one of the great things you talk to every now. A lot of us, I think we're all kind of around the same age. It's in here, except me, bell is very young. And you look much younger than me. But the, uh, you know, when you think about it, a lot of it is that that time, 75, yeah. 76, 77, 78. When. You can't really explain to somebody now that they really were mysterious. Yeah. You know, like obviously, Big John Hart, he's out there at the uh, Indie Expo today and he's famous. He's got his hand up in front of everybody's face. He's going to tell that story and probably fo- pose for that photo a thousand times this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we really didn't know. No. And everybody of us, if you were a fan at that time, it was so important to it. You know, and, and yeah. like you said, the TV appearances were so rare that if you missed it, that was it. And it was just like, and I don't think you can ever really recapture that in this kind of age where everything is replayed, everything is shown to death, everything yeah. is available
4: all the time. Oh, yeah. A concert's on YouTube 10 minutes
3: after. It's, it's Facebook wild, Live. Wild, wild, right? wild it's things, yeah. I'm watching oh, the my pajamas. Right now. Yeah. There's, there's somebody <laughs> going to be Facebooking us live. You know, it's, and it's I going that. out live. And I think that's the thing is like, I remember sitting, I'm laying in my bed the one night watching Y&T on my Facebook Live in my pajamas. <laughs> so yeah. you go like, this, this. It's crazy.
4: If you could go in a time machine and tell yourself when you were when you were like twelve, someday you're gonna have this computer in front of you or even a, a phone, and you're gonna watch any clip of any concert, just about of anything, even the Pro Shot Kiss stuff. I mean, I remember those first few Kiss conventions, you know, Houston '77. I'm like, if oh, you would yeah. if you had told me when I was ten that I was gonna have a full Pro Shot Love Gun Alive Two concert, two of them. You know, you know, that's another that's another
3: thing, even like with the indie expo going on today, and nobody's thinking about that, but that early those early conventions, finding like a twenty dollar, like here's the Winterland ballroom show, and you're uh-huh. like like everybody's like huddled around, and they'll be playing that. Like, I remember when it was at that hackensack gym, yeah, and they were playing these clips up on a screen, and everybody's sitting on the floor watching it. You know, what what could ever get everybody to sit on the floor around a TV? It's just like <laughs>
4: And that's the thing is even then it was pre-internet. So everything that came out was like brand new. Like you had never seen it before. There was no, you never saw, there was nothing to see that, no internet to see clips of that. So, you know, and then Richie Rano, who ran those conventions with um, a few of the other guys, Marv, who just passed away recently, um, that stuff that they had in that warehouse that they bought, you know, through all coin and all that that whole story, which I'm
6: pretty sure (laughs) you're familiar
4: with. Um, every it seemed like every other month or every few months that store up in Brick, Brick Rock uh, Rockatorium, I think it was called Rainbow Rock, which Richie was partners with this guy um, Gary who ran that store, and it was like a Kiss store. Right. Drive, we me and Lon, my friend, would drive up there like every few weeks. What are they going to have this time? You know, and you drive up there, and it's like, oh, <laughs> we're going to have this, you know, exclusive, you know, like Dynasty show, which was Largo or whatever, right, and it was like fine it was like christmas every time you drove up there and because you never saw that stuff anywhere it was just like
3: wow and yeah. if you you had to still find it it was known as a uh, bootleg yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Got my, uh you got to get close uh, yeah. to a mic if you're going to say something, Jerry. It's the Red Radio. I got Radio. my
7: Hotter Than Hell Tour Winterland Ballroom on VHS, and I waited about three and a half weeks for it to be delivered. <laughs> yeah.
3: The
4: longest three and a half weeks of your yeah. life, right? Yeah. Tape I trading,
3: all, all that, that kind of out. stuff, yeah. right? The funny
4: thing is, I remember ordering, this is out of the back of Circus Magazine, probably in 84, 83, 84. There was a guy, and his name was Ike Real, And he was in Texas. And he was the first guy that I saw that had Kiss video bootleg that you could buy. So I remember flipping through Circus Magazine and, you know, send a dollar for a catalog. I send a dollar. Bam. You know, the HBO concert, 77, you know, which I had seen as a kid when it was aired, but this was five years later. And uh, you could buy that. You could buy all these TV comps. You know, he had like the... Rock and roll over videos and like all these news reports from like Alive Two and Dynasty and unmasked stuff all put together on these compilation tapes. And the quality was kind of iffy in, in some spots, but I wore those tapes out. I mean I getting those tapes in the mail, like you said, waiting forever and yeah. then they show up. I didn't leave the house for two <laughs> weeks, you know. i was just like, oh, oh my God, like I never even knew this existed. Like the midnight special was on there right. and I'm like You know,
3: I was five when that aired. I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't see that when it was live. And that was one when it came back around. Was like, whoa, yeah. like, where did this come from? Oh, yeah. And the one that really cracks me up all the time, that Paul Lynn Halloween special. I didn't see that when it was on, but when I remember going in and getting that, and the guy that worked at the at Q one the at the time, his name was Tony, he was selling us, you know, he says, Oh, you got to see this is the funniest interview ever. Right. And I think it still is. You know, the like, Paul so, Lynn one? The, uh, yeah. We not Paul, Tom Snyder. Oh,
4: Tom Snyder. I was going to say, uh, yeah.
3: Paul Lynn, yeah. I actually remember seeing that when it was on. Now, we got a call coming in. We could be expecting Joe from Podcast Rock City calling in from. I'm Indianapolis with an eye view. Joe, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? Welcome to the Kiss Room again, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be on. I hope you guys are
8: having a great day. I said great a bunch of times.
5: It's
3: great. So tell us. How are you? Good. What's happening out there? Give us the uh, street's eye view right now.
8: Okay. So uh, let's see. I'm going to walk on into the, the, there's two ballrooms. I'm going to walk into the ballroom here. On my right hand side, I'm live with Matt Porter. This is Courtney. this is Courtney Dole. Say hello. Hi, Matt Porter. Courtney, hey, what's you. up? He says, "What's up?" So she uh, so she's working with uh, Craig Gass, um, and Craig is going to be Craig is going to be doing um, like all kinds of stuff. He's got DVDs and T-shirts, but he'll also do a prank call for you, and nice. he'll, he'll he'll do your outgoing message. And like on your phone, and like James Simmons voice or or Paul Stanley or Al Pacino or uh, Christopher Walken. He does And I'll some... do your laundry. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Yes, yeah. Cody is doing laundry. Oh my god, I love that woman. Okay. So oh and Jody Havnott is here. Say hello Jody. Hey, hello Jody. What's up, Jody? Okay. yeah, they're in my headphones, but so everybody so it's it's like a big party here right now.
3: So it's a big party right here too, and what we're talking about, we were actually talking about the old days of expos. Talk about some of the stuff that's on sale. What do the dealers have? Okay,
8: so um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I bought so far. Okay, so I bought. Um, I bought uh, like a uh, just on tour game that was practically mint. I got myself a um, uh, yeah. I got the. Uh, um, uh, I can't think of what it is right now. <laughs> color form. Wow. Set. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Colorform color form set. I got uh a, Julian Gill is selling the destroyer red vinyl. I picked that up. Um, uh which is pretty cool. Um there, man, there's so much stuff here right now. Okay, I just met Lita Ford myself and she yelled at me, it's okay, I'm not that upset about it, but
3: <laughs> why <it's>, she why'd <laughs> she yell at you and where'd you touch it? <laughs>
8: She didn't really yell at me. Um, I put. She asked me. A I was carrying broad. my kiss box set around, and she says, "What is that?" And I put it down on her pictures, and she was like, "Please do put that on the pictures." <laughs> <laughs> for me, I was like, "It's just pictures." Anyway, it's okay. Once I got to her, I told her a story, and she remembered the story, which was really great. Or at least she said she did, and um, that was a lot of fun. Okay, so let me tell you what I'm. I'm in the big ballroom right now. So we got Todd Kearns over here. we got Gene Simmons band right over here. And I will not go too close to them. Uh, let's see. Then we've got the... Uh, then we've got... Kit. Just say hello. Hello, Mr. Porter. You have, you have... There's people everywhere. That's so awesome. It's awesome. It's 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 now they've got this really long booth set up. Wait a It's going it to get crowded. Yes, that's for sure. Um, okay, so... They, we've got these really long boots that uh I guess this is the uh Kiss Museum, you know? Uh no 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 KISS uh what is, uh not the Kiss Museum. Um yeah, my brain is Keith LaRue's place. We,
3: uh, Kiss, Ar- Kiss. Kiss Army Warehouse.
8: Oh I mean, Kiss Army Warehouse, yeah. And then the Kiss, yeah, because the uh the KISS Museum is I thought they were gonna be here, but it turns out they're not here. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I'm over in front of, uh, um. Let's I see. just got a picture of me and <laughs> Uh Okay, so now we're over Meatloaf. here in front of, uh, we're in front of Bob Hewlett Bob. right now. And, uh, Lisa Martini from, uh, we're live on the radio right now. Sorry, I- I'm just giving a, like a thing about
9: everything.
8: Woohoo, yes. Bob's killing me right now so it's super funny um, so so he's here making fun of me I'm gonna cry and then Lena forward is over here okay let me go let me go I'm, I'm sorry am I driving you crazy right now
3: he's talking to you I mean that sounds great I mean I mean you're giving us a good point of view I'm kind of caught up I want to I want to be there but we're all here having a party too so a- absolutely all right It is Matt Porter. It is Matt Porter. Well, he's not here. He's in the year. Nah, nah. But we're live on Monaco Radio. Hey, Bill Starkey. Fantastic. Matt,
8: how are you? I thought you'd be here.
3: You know, I thought I would be there, too. And I think there was a time I might have been. But today I'm live on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. Wow. (laughs) we're having a great time. Absolutely.
6: They have a
8: pill for that. Okay, I'm going to keep moving. Thanks. Thanks,
3: Bill fantastic sorry, sorry, man. that's fine i'm doing my best for you here <laughs> all right it sounds like you're having a party we're going to go to another song call me back later with some updates yes i will thank you very much i hope everybody's doing great bye-bye thanks joe we'll talk to you soon no problem uh, That's right, Kiss Army. You're listening to some Christine because we have Tom from Christine. We got a room full of people. who are having the best time talking about the early days of bootlegging and collecting. And we like bootlegging, but you know all those those tapes back at the time you couldn't get them anywhere. About holding a tape recorder up to your TV to record 2020, or I have that. PM Magazine or whatever, Gene says, you know, you go ahead and be weird. And I can hear my sister cough in the back of that interview. It's great. So
4: I wonder if I still have the tape when I recorded the HBO concert at my grandmother's house. And <laughs> I remember listening to that thing.
3: And to if you have it in the back, probably somebody's on, Tom, what yeah. are you
4: doing? Do you want meatloaf or do you want chicken for dinner?
3: <laughs> yeah, we're talking the old school kids stuff. Now, one of the things we were talking about, everybody in here, like, Bay has his his radio show, we do the Kiss Room. But fanzines. You had one of the original fanzines. Talk about that.
4: Um, well, it was called Animalized. And um, I was in print shop in high school. And this was in... Uh, well, I started the fanzine in 85. End of 85. Um, so a buddy of mine, this guy John Doyle, who I haven't seen in God knows how long. 30 years at least. Um I met him in a mall one day and we found out we were mutual Kiss fans looking through albums or whatever and he went to the same school he was in an, an auto mechanic shop and I was a print shop we were just talking one day and we're like why don't we put together a fanzine for the band and you know as a side benefit of that maybe we can hook up with some backstage passes get to meet the band you know and just you know just live the whole experience of doing that so I said well I'm in print shop you know I, if you want to be the man that makes the phone calls. And so he would call the KISS office in New York. And he had a few conversations, I think, um, I think with CK Lent at that time. I think he was still involved with the band um, at that time. Or I don't remember if he, uh, at the time, my timeline's kind of
3: I was going to say, blurry. what are you talking about? Or
4: 84, yeah. 85, 86. Um, he, I know he used to talk to the, the, the press agent, whoever, I don't know, if it, I don't, Carol Ross, I think, was gone at that point. I don't remember who he was talking to, to be honest with you. But, so anyway, we were trying to set up interviews and stuff like that and um, backstage passes. And so we would just put together news stories. We would get information from them about, you know, what are they doing, when's the album coming out, early tour dates, all the stuff that you had to do to find out about things because, again, there was no internet back right. then. So you really didn't know exactly when things were gonna be happening, when they when the album was gonna you would get information out of Hit Parade or a Circus three months late. So we were trying to stay on top of it with that, reports from people in different areas of the country, and then we would put together um, some pages of some like rare like actual concert photos that people took from shows or from photographers, not trying to not reprint the obvious stuff that you see in all the magazines just to make it a little more interesting. And Stories and you know an an ad section for people to buy and sell and trade stuff or whatever. So we started doing that, and I would take all the information that he would gather and I would gather, and I would sit behind a word processor, literally hands on, type it up, print it out on this this contact sheet paper that you had to you know you would print out like almost like a photograph. You would develop it. Paste it up onto a layout, take it into the dark room, shoot a picture of it, make a negative, make a printing plate, slap it on the printing press and print it. You it just be like,
3: work, right? Well, it was work. <laughs> you know?
4: And my shop teacher was like, Are you gonna reimburse me for all this paper you're using? <laughs> I'm like, no, we ain't making any money over this. But um so I mean I literally did it this is before computers, you know, there was no Photoshop or, you know, nothing. So right did everything myself, and we started mailing it to the KISS office, and we ended up getting back. I got a hand handwritten note from Gene, you know, saying, oh, you guys make us look good. Thanks for all your efforts, whatever, and I got a, a two-and-a-half-page letter from Eric Carr um, giving us some pointers and, you know, thanking us. I mean, a really nice nice letter from him. And we've got passes for shows. We got backstage um, at the Meadowlands on Asylum and the Spectrum.
3: Hot in the Shade. I remember Hot in the Shade, in fact, in the liner notes of Hot in the Shade, they list a ton of fanzines. So yeah. that's it was the spectrum was like June 1990, something like that. But yeah. I remember getting passes for that because I worked on Kiss Mask, and that okay. was Frank Hagen's one. Yeah, and they really did seem to appreciate fan scenes back then. I yeah, mean, that, you, you didn't pay a thousand dollars for the meet and greet; you were you could get in. They would give you that pass. Yeah, you know now I send a message: Can I get an interview with Gene Simmons and the publicist? Well, he's too busy. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you know, hey, look, you know, it's, it's back then they would, they would, I think they cared about it because there wasn't, they didn't have maybe necessarily so much access to everybody. You know, now Paul Stanley tweets out what he had for breakfast. You know, at yeah. the time it was, it was totally different. Thing. It was more <laughs>
4: grassroots. It was yeah. more grassroots back then, and I and there was less of them to keep track of. Like you said, there was right. Mask, there was uh, Kiss Classics. I think it was was a Brian Rotomaker or Rotomaker that ran
3: that. I don't I, remember.
4: Um, but there was just a few. You know, and they were all localized, and there wasn't, you know, again, without the internet, um, the access wasn't there. It wasn't easy for everybody to do that. Right. You know, you had to be connected. You have a had a print shop or whatever. So I think for them to pay attention to a smaller group of fanzines was a little easier for them. And now it's like anybody with a computer can just do whatever right. they want. So, but that's not an excuse for them blowing you off. But at the same time, back then. It's like everything else. Everything was just more focused and more unique and a little more easier to pay attention. Your, your, your attention span wasn't divided by a hundred million different things (laughs) like it is today. So, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was a great experience. I'm glad I did it. We probably put out about, I don't know, seven or eight issues. We would put them out like quarterly. I think we did it for about a year and a half. And when I graduated from when I was a senior, that's kind of when we, it just ended, you know, and, um. Uh, we went on to other things. You know, I started playing in bands and just right. kind of got distracted by other stuff, you know. But I, I and then we ended up in that fanzine book that they put out. Right. Um I forget the exact title
3: of it, but it was like uh, the ultimate fanzine collection or whatever. And and that's yeah. a great book. Anybody that's out there that's yeah. listening, if you have that, you're featured in there. I know Kiss yeah. Mask, which Frank Hagan did, I worked on that. That's in there. But the early ones really almost all have the same exact start. Somebody worked in a print shop, yeah. Know? Like you had to have, or you like you were in school in a print shop. Yep. And that's the cool thing, like you said, in a way. Now everybody has access to everything, and it's the internet. You can have, you know, every there's a billion zillion websites. There's eight billion zillion Facebook groups. Yeah. But join mine. Mine's the new greatest one ever. We're unlike any other Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
7: interestingly <laughs> enough, though, like. Like he was saying, you could make a phone call back then and maybe get a press agent on. The f- yeah, you, you, there's 15 ways of contacting the press agent today, and you can't get
3: right. You can't get anybody, anybody. <laughs> on there,
7: right. There's more ways of connecting and less connecting.
4: It's right. It's it's, it's a catch. It's, everything's everybody's more accessible now, but less accessible. Exactly. Right. right. So it's
7: we know. we know we're blowing off phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Right, right,
4: yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, that was a great time. I, I'm glad I did it. And um, it was, I got some great experiences out of that.
3: So, anyway, it's listening that has that ultimate fanzine book. Go get it, look it up. And right here is going to be an internet world premiere of a song you've never heard by Trifalon. This is called 77 Gold. We're going to talk about it with Larry and Paul when we come back here in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. <laughs> What yeah. That's right, Kiss Army. You're back here in the Kiss Room. I'm Matt Porter, of course. And then we just heard on That's 77 gold. Now, Paul and Larry were here last month in the Kiss Room, and I kept saying, "Paul, I've known you for 20 years." That's from 30 years ago. That's and it reminds me of college. Just as oh, 33 reminds me oh. even more. Talk about that. Now, this is we were talking a lot about history of like fanzines things like that, home recording, things like that. 30 years ago,
6: there was no such thing. <laughs> Unless, if you had a Fostex, you could, but it sounded terrible. <laughs> so we recorded that at a place called Fresh Tracks in Sheltonham, Pennsylvania. Just a little storefront with a like a mattress against the front window and you know, just it was really crude. And I think it was eight-track, was it eight-track? Yeah, eight-track. Um they had one guitar tone. The guy put in the same effect, same echo for every recording. Everything that came in that studio sounded exactly the same. <laughs> so we uh we cut those songs because I was making a movie at Monco. At at Bucks at Bucks sorry. Yeah. we're here at Monte yeah, Montgomery at Bu- County Community so, College uh, you know I, was, I needed I needed that song that you just heard from my movie which was it was interview and live supposedly live but you know we're like in a basement you see the paneling behind us as we're playing <laughs> and, but that's why we recorded that song was for the movie that's
3: fantastic now look one of the things we were talking off the air you were at M three yes and you had a uh, Live, in person, on view
6: with Ace. It, it was uh, not one for the books in a good way. Ace was, uh, it, it, something was very wrong. I don't know if, you know, maybe he couldn't hear his monitor. He was sick. But something clearly was falling apart on that stage. And uh, Richie Scarlett and all those guys were trying really hard to pull the band back together and keep it going. He stopped singing in the middle of cold gin. I mean, just dead stop, walked away from the mic, was playing his guitar kind of, and his guitar solo wasn't real good. It just wasn't good. So um, I was playing down at uh, an event on Sunday, which is sort of associated with M3. It's sleazy, slimy Sunday, they call it, Bradley Entertainment. Bradley. <laughs> um, so I was I was backstage there, and I was talking to some of the techs that worked both shows, and I'm asking everybody, like, what what's going on? What What happened to Ace yesterday? Oh, that was terrible. He was... He was a mess, but I'm like, so. You know, the elephant in the room was it drugs? Was it alcohol? Everybody said no. One guy said he thought it might have been, but the consensus from all the road crew guys that were working backstage was it was not drugs or alcohol. Something else was was it was in play. And uh, at, after he was done, they actually had to have two people help him walk off the stage and out of the venue. He couldn't he couldn't move on mm. his own. Uh, whatever. Wow. end
7: of the road.
3: You know, that's the the thing we've been talking a lot about, end of the road and how it's going to look. And obviously we would like one more, I would like at least one more show with everybody on it. That'd be great. (laughs) And I mean, I think how many, we were a bunch of us. We were all at that show at uh, Ardmore theater last year. That Ace was great that night. I mean, it's just like, and I guess even the night before up in somewhere in New Jersey, he had played and everybody said he was really good. But for some reason that M3, and I mean, I'm only basing it on the videos, but yeah, not good,
6: not good. I so. mean, sloppy. It looked like his fingers weren't moving right. It just it was not good. I, I, I was watching people too and you know, everybody's had their kiss shirts right. on. you know Pe- people came to that show to see Ace. Yeah, absolutely. you know. I was there for two bands that day, Ace and Loudness. Loudness got held up in customs for the second year in a row. Thanks, guys. Okay,
3: look, I'm going to take these borders, and we're never going to have
6: loudness again. Easy, (laughs) oh, you're not getting in either, And apparently (laughs) that's when all that started for them.
4: Every time I hear loudness, I think of that clip on the Mighty mighty Metal Shop on YSP, and they said a little soundbite of the singer. (laughs) <laughs> this is Menor the Hour of Aronaldess. You're listening to 94 W-Y-S-P, Philadelphia. Uh, very politically incorrect.
6: I apologize. It was funny. It you it, right? uh, <laughs> it's the way you remember We're it, right? It's the way you remember it. what it sounded like. <laughs>
3: yeah. Wow. All right, well so there's a lot going on obviously with KISS guitar players. Everybody is familiar with um the fact that Vinny Vincent is out there doing his thing. Bay met him last week. We're gonna talk about that after we go to this. She's a cat That's right, Kiss Army. You're here in the Kiss Room. I'm Matt Porter. You're on Maco Radio, where music and minds meet. Now we're welcoming Bay Ragney from Totally Driven Entertainment. You've been on Mako Radio when you were when we were doing Completely Damaged, but welcome to the Kiss Damaged. Room. Damage. <laughs> See, I'd you know if I had the sound effect for the crashing glass, but so now that we just heard some Vinny Vincent invasion. Now you met Vinny at the Chiller last month, right? Talk about that.
5: Yeah, you know, um, first off, everybody's shocked and surprised that he actually came out of hiding so um when he did earlier this year at the atlantic kiss convention um i think the big mystery question was is he or isn't he like did he go through the sex change that the rumors were so like um you look at him you really don't know so when i saw he was coming to chill her, i go there once in a while i was like i'm going i'm there and i still don't know (laughs) Well, but you know what, there's
3: actually, it's funny, because of course you have a couple different, you know, camps on this, a couple people, oh, you shouldn't ask because whatever he wants to do, yeah, it's great, I'm so evolved, but I think everybody was very, you know, confused, or I think maybe, you know, curious for sure, now in the latest interview on Noise in the Attic, Greg asks him, and he addresses it and says, I'm gonna let you figure it out. It's a mystique. I like the mystique. So he never. I, it's I, I pretty don't know. smart doing that, though. So well, talk about it, you.
6: He says it's gonna be in his book. He's well, a book he, coming out.
3: He uh, there's some great interviews, and the one thing he refers to a lot is it will be in the book. Yeah. yeah. So there will be a book at some point with all this juicy stuff. Um, you know, obviously, I think it's great. Everybody really seems to be welcoming
5: him back. And now, describe your experiences from what he said. He's been really nice. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Like, um. It was a pretty long line, so we getting to see and watch all his interactions with everybody. And um, once I got up for my turn, you can just tell like he, he seems pretty sincere and happy to be back. And the one thing that always uh, I remember an old thing from Vinnie Vincent was uh, I'm a big Randy Rhodes fan. And I remember reading in a guitar player magazine that um, after Randy had passed, uh, Grover Jackson had made a bunch of those Vs. And he was getting ready to give them to Randy after he got off the tour, the Diary of a Madman tour. Randy had uh, died in the plane crash and he ended up giving those V's to Vinnie Vincent. Hmm. And I never, I don't ever remember Vinnie ever talking about it in any interviews or anything. So I asked him, I said, is it true that you got those V's that were intended for Randy Rhodes? And he said, absolutely. He said, I still have them. Um, but it was, was kind of weird the way he put it though. He's like, yeah, you know, Randy went and died. And, Gro- <laughs> and, and Grover um, felt I should have the guitars and, and gave them to me. And I, and I was just, that same reaction, I was kind of like, I'm saying in my head like, yeah, he he went and died. But you know, it was it was kind of cool that you know, he has has them and every time I see those V's I, I think of Randy Rhodes. I don't think of Vinnie Vincent, but I'm still a big Vinny fan.
3: Well, if they're pink though, you think of Vinnie
5: Vincent. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but the gold one I think of Randy. But he I mean, he was very sincere. He was he was very nice to everybody. Um and he, he says, you know, he he's happy to be back and he's very uh excited to like you know, do music again and he plans to do music, so
3: well, that's has been a bunch of great interviews that he's talked about either an acoustic tour with mm-hmm. multiple singers, he's talked about an electric tour. All of that would be, you know, pretty amazing and it seems like, you know, everybody's very receptive. One of the things that I will note that if you listen to the Kiss Room on any kind of regularity, you know that Vinnie Vincent has been announced as a guest at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, which I will be at. Apparently, he's going to do a track by track of Lick It Up for an Albums Unleashed episode with chris sinzak and eric camaro live on stage at the nashville rock and pod which is going to be amazing so everybody really should come out to that if and then look you've heard me say it about a billion times if you go to gofundme.com forward slash rock and pod 2018 you can plunk down a couple bucks if you listen to the kiss room the kiss room is free because podcasts are free but you could always put down some money and you could help us out it gets it you know gets it going uh, but that's an exciting development, the fact that, I mean, obviously, Vinny's going to be there. If you go to my blog, there is a blog all about the Rock and Pod Expo 2 happening in Nashville at the end of August. You're going to want to be there for that, especially if you're a Vinny Vincent fan, because that's going to be a really interesting interaction with him on stage. And there's all kind of packages. You can meet him. And you can get a picture and this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. Now, th-
5: there was one incident, though, um, as we were waiting in line. Um, the way the line worked was they had him, if you've ever been to Chiller, usually they have the, the people in individual rooms. They have some, multiple people in some rooms. Vinny had a room to himself, and usually the lines will go out into the hallway. Vinny's line actually went outside into the courtyard of the hotel, and it wrapped kind of around. And um, as I'm waiting in line, some dude comes back in line, and he's, like, freaking out, and he's holding a Jackson V that he wanted Vinny to sign. And Vinny was charging 50 bucks an autograph. Well, to sign the guitar, they told him it was five hundred dollars <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and, and this dude was in he was in line and he was freaking out and he was bitching about it. And um he he said uh he just like turned around and like stormed out of the room and he said like Vinny was standing there with his marker ready to sign, like, what's going on? Like he didn't, he didn't even know. Yeah, kinda like it was kinda more or less like possibly Vinny's manager was the one that said, like, you know, it's an instrument, it's five hundred bucks. Hmm. And, and the Vinny was kinda like didn't know what to do. And the guy just like told him off and stormed out of the room. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. You know, it
3: really is one of those things. Autographs are so expensive at this point. I remember used to go to the Kiss Expo. And, and I mean, of course, everybody remembers going to that. It was you had your admission. and You just if you were willing to wait in line all day, it was part of it. You know, OK, everybody with a red ticket, get in line now. Everybody with an orange ticket, get in line now. Everybody with a purple plaid, whatever ticket. You know, you could, you could wait all day. But it was twenty bucks. Yeah. You know, Peter Chris, Ace was that was the first one I ever met at a convention was Ace. And it was like twenty bucks. It was part of your admission. Not no more. Five hundred dollars, man. I'll tell you, you better play the guitar. <laughs>
4: Woo! Do you guys remember when Ace did the in store the tower? Tower records? And it was right around second sighting, I guess it was. Yeah. And I guess it was right around wow. when he was opening for Maiden know, I missed at the that. Spa- and he did He did it the South Street Tower Records. Oh. Yeah, 90s. yeah, which it was the... like eighty-eight. Yeah, eighty-eight. I, I guess it was. Yeah, I was. I, I was there. It was, you know, interesting. And, <laughs> and Yeah, tell us a good story. There must be one. Well, you know, Ace is Ace. You know, you never. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah, Bobby. Or which one's going to show up, you know? Yeah. Or when?
4: Yeah. Awake Ace or. <laughs> From the you got to
3: get close to the Mike Jerry.
7: <laughs> I met Ace on the show uh, Cover Wars on VH1. I was in a band. It was, it was essentially cover bands. You went up and you played different styles, and and he was one of the judges. Sebastian Bach was a judge, a bunch of others, but he was so drunk and so inconsistent the whole time. Um, it, I nicknamed him A.S.S. since we can't say that on the instead of A.C.E. he became. It was actually a tough time for me because he was one of like my childhood heroes, right? And to meet him in person and him to be such an ace, right? You know, Got it. Mm-hmm. it was it was tough. It was probably a bad time for him. I, I remember like walking to the elevator with him and. Sebastian Bach and you know they were definitely smoking weed mm. at the very least at the time
3: and what what year are we talking Um that had to be the early See, 90s everybody's,
7: everybody's early, early 90s years about, I don't remember yeah. anything anymore it was early 90s I remember wow. watching that show yeah it was it was a funny show didn't very didn't last very long <laughs> but but I got to
6: play on stage Steve Campagna was there yeah actually, I think he's told that story and Steve That's Forrest fantastic. too yeah they yeah. we were all there he in, doesn't in think about in so, he doesn't so. think about the effect it has I my son's been a KISS fan since he was five years old, You know, maybe younger. He used to know all the members of KISS, Vinny, and you know, he can name them all. Anyway, so he always wanted to meet some KISS members, and I took him to the the uh, record convention that comes into Oaks. Right. We met Peter there one year. Yeah. So we, we wait in line to meet Ace, and we get up, and Ace was just not nice. Wow. <laughs> not nice. So we get done, and my son and I go out, and he's like, I don't ever want to talk about him again. I don't ever want to see him.
4: That sucks. And my wow. son
6: my son was really upset about that. He yelled at me for
7: playing the keyboard, a keyboard solo on Cold Gin because he wasn't playing it. We were on television, and it was live. And I'm standing next to Paul Schaefer. And, he, Paul, and, and Paul doesn't know the song. And he says, do you know the song on the keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah, I'll play it, right? So I'm playing it. And Ace is looking over at me and he, the whole time. And you could tell he was agi- agitated, you know? And he comes up to me, he goes, there's no piano and Kiss music. He yelled right at me. And I'm like, you're like
4: I'm like, nah. <blatantly> <laughs> yeah,
7: <laughs> <"Dah right." laughs> I'm playing the, the
6: guitar <laughs> the one on, the, on the piano. See, and there, there's, that's the thing. You have, that, you have to say to yourself, if you're ace, this is part of the reason that I'm not involved. You can't be that way. You have a public persona. Paul and Gene are very aware of that, and they monitor that, and they want a certain thing to happen with their fans, and I think that's why uh, I think that's why Ace isn't in the band. Paul won't work with him ever again in that respect, and that's probably why. He said, "You know what? You know it's a lot of it when you think about those original." Well, that's the thing; (laughs) those those original
3: four. Everybody's got a different personality, but look, everybody's got a different personality. But that's the thing. Is like I think one of the things that you forget. When you get to be super famous for a long time is that for somebody like, you know, you say you bring your son. It's going to be maybe his one time ever meeting him. And the problem is if you don't have a good experience, it does kind of ruin it for you. You know, it's like,
6: It causes ripple effects. And, you
3: know, you think to yourself, oh, man, and, and, and especially now, like we're talking earlier about, you know, the Internet and how it changed fanzines and this and that and the other. Now you can get a nasty tweet from somebody you really like. You know, it's like, you know, you have this kind of access, but, you know, you can also have the bad effect of kind of going like, well. You know, hey, gee, I didn't, you know, really mean it that way or whatever. But yeah. So yeah, I was surprised
7: yesterday to hear that story from Tony about the stealing of the song, quote unquote. We don't, I we never come, knew well, that. We come
3: back um, in our reset right now. In fact, I'm going to reset. I'm going to play that song and you can all judge for yourself. Tony did send it to me, so why don't we go to our reset? It's our one o'clock here in Monco Radio. Hold on one second. We'll be right back.
2: Beat, beat Kiss room. Meet, meet you in the kiss room with Matt Porter and the podcast crew.
1: Hey, you're not allowed to smoke in the kiss room. Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons. You're listening to the Kiss Room on Montco Radio, but you knew that. You wanted the best, and you got it. The hottest man in the land,
2: Matt Porter. <laughs>
3: Now, look, I'm Matt Porter. I'm back here in the Kiss Room. I'm trying to figure everything out. Now, look, one of the things we just talked about was yesterday, if you listened to part one of our two-day spectacular here in the Kiss Room, Tony Mann was here, and he was telling a story of how Gene Simmons had gotten a hold of one of his demos and that maybe the song had become Love's a Deadly Weapon, that they speeded it up, and Gene said, go ahead and sue me. So I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to play this. This song is actually by The Flying 69. It's called Blinded by the Devil. You decide... Here in the Kisumu Mako Radio where music and minds meet. All right, so that is Flying 69, Blinded by the Devil. You heard Tony talking about that yesterday. You can decide whether that is something that maybe sounds a lot like uh, Love's a Deadly Weapon or not. Tony, thanks for sending that. Now, look, here's the other thing. Of course, we announced yesterday the launch of the Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 5. If you heard me talk about it yesterday, if not, go to thekissroom.com forward slash demos. Find out all about it. We want your stuff. Look, you could do a demo like that. We've been talking about the old school. you got to record something that sounds like a Kiss song. And send it to us right here on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. You can go to thekissroom.com, send it to me. And speaking of demos, we played some Christine music early on the show. One of the rumors about Christine is that Paul Stanley did the original demos. Can you finally break the silence on that time and tell us the truth?
4: I'm here to debunk the rumors. (laughs) Exclusively (laughs) here on the Kiss Room. Um, No. The short answer is no. I can tell you exactly what he was, what what the connection was. When I joined that band, Phil Christie, the guy that wrote all the songs, and uh, he... Had said, I got some interest from Paul Stanley and possibly maybe producing some of our stuff. He goes, I've been sending... Actually, he would go into the city and hand deliver demos to the KISS office. And he had been doing this for a few years since like the mid-'80s. And he would always get, you know, the form letter response, Paul has listened to your material. He's very interested. He says, keep sending him stuff. You know, okay. Is that legit or not? Who, who who knows, but he would, you know. We, we would every time we would do any kind of recordings, and he, when I joined the band, we had done like a twelve song studio session, and we ended up releasing bits and pieces of that, and then eventually a, l- a little CD. But um, we sent that to him again. Same response from the Kiss office. You know, Paul is aware of your material. He enjoys it. You know, he's he keeps sending your stuff. You know, that sort of a thing. So that was it, basically. And then, you know, Phil was running with that. You know, like, okay, you know, that's, he's interested and I'm going to just keep sending him stuff. So <clears throat> we ended up going, we uh, around 92, 92 into 93, we ended up signing a development management deal with uh, this guy, Brian Kushner, who managed Brittany Fox. Sure, that's why I come in. And so <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we uh, we ended up, going into the studio to remix four songs off of those demos that we did. And he had Mike Kelly Smith from Britney come in and do the mixing on it. He added a couple of guitar solos and some stuff and to put together a four song demo that Brian could shop for us to labels. So he shopped it and there was supposedly minimal interest, you know, like the, the, Main response was, well, if you brought me these guys six, seven years ago, they'd be touring the world by now. But right. it's not, you know, and he did get offered. Paul's
6: scratching his head, too, same thing.
4: Yeah, <laughs>
6: We had the same thing happen with Atlantic. Did you?
4: Yeah, uh, and it's very frustrating. This is 92, 93. Right. You know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam was already. So he did say we got offered like a, what was called a development deal from, I guess it was Atco and maybe Ar- Arista or Arista, how said you say that? And he was like, basically, you won't get a you won't be lucky to get a video, you'll end up going into debt. It's really not worth even bothering with at this point. You're going to put a record out, it's going to sink, you know, no promotion, nothing. So he passed on that. And then the band split up probably six months after that, within a year. And so fast forward to when Alive 3 came out, which was 90, was that 93? 94? 93, 94? Yeah, 93. Um, we, I went to a listening party for that uh, meet and greet sort of thing up in New York City and the band was there and I think it was just Paul and Gene if I remember right and so we I, I was there and I brought a package with the Christine stuff and we were actually still together at that point and I had the Christine bumper sticker on the outside of the package so it was very clear who it was and all that stuff and I handed it to him when I met him and he got it and he looked at it and he's like I know you guys. I love your stuff. He's wow. like, you're, you're, you know, you're, you You guys been sending me stuff for years. He goes, keep sending me stuff. You know, he's like, uh, you know, I, I listen to it, you know, and, you know, just keep sending it. it basically, you know, it, it was a rushed. You know, they were trying to usher us like cattle in and out of there. Right. But you know, he did acknowledge that. Now, you know, in my you know, in my idealistic viewpoint, I want to say that was legit, you know. But it could be something that he would just say to anybody, you know, You know, to it be could nice. be the
3: difference between your experience meeting Ace when he wasn't so nice. Oh, I remember yeah. you. Exactly. I remember you and you and you and you were all yeah. there. Yeah,
4: exactly. So that that's kind of just, you know, and somehow or another, I don't know where the rumor got started that he was producing stuff for us. You know what I mean? It was just... There was some in, there was some supposed interest there that never materialized, but how legit that interest was, I really can't say.
3: Just keep sending them stuff. Yeah, yeah. Your band
4: was great. I well, saw your band
7: a ton of times. Thank you. At multiple places. I was friends with Brian Kushner.
3: Okay. Cool.
7: And if it's any consolation, it, it, your demos. I mean, everybody was pushing for Christine. It was that situation where even even Britney, and he had. Tough, which was another band yeah. from L.A., yeah. they were kind of sort of on the edge of that, you know, falling off into the Nirvana thing.
4: A little too late. But
7: yeah. uh, I remember being in Brian's office when we first got the Christine demo done, and I remember saying, this dude's got a Paul Stanley vibe about yeah. Phil. Yeah. And Dave, maybe I Dave, started Dave the Dave rumor. I, maybe Brian started the rumor. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I thought, like, I thought you guys had a really cool kind of Kiss Aerosmith vibe for the time. And your shows were great. Your videos were great. Everything was on point. I thought, you know, any day, boom, Christine was going to be yeah, hot. I thought know? so too. <laughs> well, and there was <laughs> that whole the
3: whole kiss thing, like those little symbols where it looked like everybody's head with like a different kind of a like those outlines. You know, what I mean, that first cassette. it was like the silhouettes of yeah, our yeah, hair. Yeah, the silhouettes. And had all guy had little, little... Even,
7: you know, even the name was great. Everything was great.
3: And of course, yeah. he ended up having some great videos directed by I didn't
4: know
7: that. <laughs> those things a million times,
3: it's so crazy, it's a Small world, man. That's you know, that's, <laughs> that's fun stuff, and they still world.
4: live on today. Believe me, people see that. That's you. I'm like, Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I was all 22 years old there. Well, you okay. know, it's
3: funny about that. You think about technology, I added those tape to tape, those were like actually one machine to the other, like you know, oh, yeah, and there's yeah. no color correction. I think maybe by the, the no, I didn't even when we did the one that slower one. I didn't even have a mixer. I think most of those mixing was through a title maker. Like, really... Primitive stuff. Yes, yeah, the earliest stuff. I mean, because we're talking about what, like ninety two or three or something. We yeah, made those, was, those.
7: the old Panasonic AV. Uh, yes. AV thirties or whatever. You know what? Big switchers. Yeah.
3: It's so funny because if, and this is totally off the topic, With but the if the you wipe. watch that show, uh, everything sucks. They show yeah. that you're using an MX fifty, and everybody that goes back a certain time, you all use an MX fifty. Yeah. If you were in Absolutely. a TV studio, yeah. that's the most random comment I'm going to make today. <laughs> but. <laughs> But I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's at the time. I saw you guys dozens of times over there, And there was everybody that's in here that remembers the cell block, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 The cell yeah. block. I think sure. that was the
7: last place I saw you was yeah. at the cell block. We had a lot and of people. And I good think you were opening there. for somebody big that night.
4: We, at the cell block, we opened for Kix, Trickster, Britney. Black Eyed Susan. It might have been a Britney rough show, and that's probably why I was there. Britney was probably the biggest show we played there because I think the place was was pretty I mad, think Mary I remember style. that show. Yeah, and it, I, I think
7: I, that was that was that was a Tommy Paris show though. Wasn't yeah, it? it was. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. yeah we opened for Black Eyed Susan there once too. Yeah, yeah. And I, the, the, the the Trickster show or the kick it was the kick show. We got our set cut to like twenty minutes. We mm. played
6: like five songs. And I I like, think I played that Britney Fox was show. Was Britney show? Because it was it was post Dean. Okay, yeah, it was definitely Tommy. We had two Power. shows yeah. that night. We were playing at the dugout, like at like eleven o'clock. So we did. We opened and then <laughs> and took, took off. off. That wow. was a great place.
5: <laughs> I love the
3: cell block. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I lived down in Feasterville, so it was close. And there's a lot of nights that, luckily, I lived close. Cause, well, I'll tell you. But the,
7: the scene supported. I mean, you have a lot of nice rooms now, but. I don't know if the scene is still there. You know, no not scene. for that kind of music.
4: No, the yeah, scene like, now yeah. is like XPN, yeah. singer-songwriter kind of ecology, indie yeah. sort of. It's not yeah, it's like original rock. Kinda, yeah. It's like you can play clubs, but it's like you're. It's not. I, I don't know. I just feel like the area doesn't support it's like rock it. It's the is area in the city. We, you now. remember Hoppy, yeah. right?
6: You remember Hoppy? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. really good friends with Hoppy.
7: The sound guy? Yeah. Oh so, wow, I've heard usually that. Usually when long he
6: comes time. to ten he stays with me, but who cares? So <laughs> he uh he moved down to the Carolinas and he does a lot of like stuff down there with like country bands and like there's nothing to support him here. So that's why yeah. he's down there. There's just it's it's not what it was no. by any stretch of the imagination. It's if you shame. want
4: to play original music around here, you're kind of stuck playing on a Wednesday or a Thursday night or maybe an original night somewhere where you know, how how many times can you get your friends and family to come out and see you exactly. on a regular basis? Maybe once every couple of months. You can gather the the crew up and get a hundred people or fifty people in there. But the days of like the cell block and the Empire Bonnie's, it was packed was awesome. every right. weekend. Oh, was oh packed. Oh, I love that. You know, and it was the place to meet people and hang yeah. out. And, you know, it, it was, was exciting. It was a scene. Yeah, absolutely. And that's because the, the actual music scene on a national level was mirroring what was going on locally. So everybody was already into it. Yep. Now it's like, and, and we're all, you know, in our 40s or 50s and wives and kids and all that stuff. So to drag your rear end out on a on a night sometimes is, is tough, you know. All right, who's
3: on the phone? Uh, Tony Man. Tony, Thanks. how are you? Look, we just played The Flying 69. What do you think?
1: I love it. Thank you for playing that. It's <laughs> great. And uh, yeah, man, I could go on and on about that. And I've been listening and, uh, you know, Christine, I, I never really heard that band before. It's really cool. And, uh, you know, I can relate. I can relate to the whole story, believe me. Well, uh, see, that's I the mean, nice the whole- thing. I
3: figure there's KISS fans definitely will dig Christine. So we've been playing tracks, and Tom even joked today it's the Christine Room. But I figure anybody that's out there now, can you find that stuff online? Like, some of those songs, there's definitely some ones on YouTube. There's the ones that I made, there on YouTube. But can people buy those albums? I know that at one point there was a a release of it, but maybe uh, Well, F and A.
1: Okay, right. There was a single we put out way back in the 80s uh, when Brad Delp from Boston helped. And, uh, you know that's very expensive now. I mean, I'll bring one to you if you have if you play vinyl, Matt. But um, anyway, so uh, the thing is, we're we're talking about doing a like a compilation release. A lot of it just was never really released. You know, we got offered the same thing a kind of a bad deal. We turned it down, and uh, the same thing happened, like what uh, what he was talking about with Christine. So uh, there was a lot of interest, but you know, it was kind of at the tail end of when the real money was out there. And, uh, you know, we put on all this show and made the costumes and everything ourselves, so kind of did need the support to really put something like that on the road in the real way.
3: Right. And Christine's so. stuff, is that available online? Well,
4: they, they, FNA Records released two CDs. One was the 10-song demo that we did when I was in the band and a couple of uh, live tracks, I think, on there and some mixed bag stuff. And then... The other CD was older demos of Phil, where he had some of the guys from rough House playing right. on some of that stuff, and then his guys that were in and out of his band before I, me and before the, the final version of the band that he was playing the cell block and all that. Right, he, he had had various lineups of the band surrounding him just to get demos recorded and stuff, and that's what that is. So it's, you know, some of it's rough, you know, like real primitive sounding and stuff. But uh, yeah, but two-
1: that's that's great, and if you have good songs, it's cool, and uh, I. I- Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. what I'd like to say is that, um, you know, if you check out either Lost Rock or or uh, New York Rock, two, two uh, books I worked on, Stephen Blush, um, you can read about a lot of similar stories. And the thing about Kiss, when they were coming up, they were a New York area band for a very short time. And there's a lot of bands and people that have talent and are, you know, could be a star. But what happens is you don't get the the team, you know, support system behind you, that's what really gets the people over the edge. You know, very, very soon, very early on, KISS had Villa Coyne, Sean Delaney, Neil Bogart, Casablanca Records. They had everything right away. So that really is something that was a driving force. And they worked hard. They weren't lazy guys. They practiced for six months before they even played shows. So anyway, it's uh besides just the talent, it's there's a big whole support system that needs to happen
4: you know honestly well and if they over. had
3: if christine had made it really big all those videos i made would be on a box set and worth probably two thousand dollars so i'd be really thrilled you'd be by making that
4: some good royalties <laughs> off of that yeah,
7: you would have your own vault, <laughs> In that <quarter> vault. Uh. <laughs> so
1: now look anyway uh congrats and uh really uh you know i listened to the uh, good vibe show earlier and that was really cool <laughs> that too. was a lot of fun yeah. So, and I wish I was still down at the Kiss room right now, so that's why I called. It. <laughs>
3: Next time, you got to stay over, Tone.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all the best, to everybody. Thanks, and, pal. Uh, you know, uh, check out uh, Big John Hart's uh, Pledge Music page, and if you're in indie, go say hi to Big John Hart for me.
4: I can't wait to, to read that book. Yeah. Thanks. Lost Rockers, um, I'm sure there's great. crazy stuff in there.
1: Yeah. All the best, and for the Kiss fans, check out New York Rock uh, on St. Martin's Press and uh, Lost Rockers, the Powerhouse Books. You can find them on Amazon and in a
7: lot of bookstores. If you can find any bookstores, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that book. Right. It was great to go and check out.
9: Oh, you know, I went so back much.
7: over on the internet and went through almost every artist and listened to them, and read about you know read their wiki pages and stuff. It was it was a great round of. Yeah, hole to go well, down. you know, we put a book. lot of thanks, work into dude.
1: those books, and uh, you know, New York Rock has a whole section on. Kiss and the bands that you used to see on the posters that would open for them, you know, like The Planets or Harlots of 42nd Street or Teenage Lust or whoever. We actually interviewed and spoke to these people. So you can read about the other bands that were that's around cool. in the scene when Kiss was playing at The Diplomat and all those places. So check check those out. And uh, I think you can buy this Kindle of uh, New York Rock, too. So it's Excellent. worth, uh, you can cross reference stuff very easily, and that's really cool. All right. So thanks again. Thanks, and, uh, Sean. All the best. All the best. The Kiss Room uh, weekend is going
3: strong. <laughs> Thanks, pal. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, now we're going to go in, as we head into, like, our one thirty last part, we're going to get some Kiss Room house band music, but I got a couple things we got to talk about first. Now, one is the, um, we were talking about the uh, the Kiss Tattoo that you've got. Now, and like I said, cool. I think, you, well, you, you had the first, like, Kiss Tattoo, but the one story I was going to tell was definitely when we saw Cheap Trick, and that, I think it was July 4th weekend, and it had to be 1993. And I remember each guy in Cheap Trick, and it was a small place, Harvey's Lake Amphitheater, which was which was amazing because, like, I remember being right in the front. It's a campground. It was like, yeah, well, because when we were little, we my my in inla- my grandmom and everybody they lived up in that area, so we knew it when it was an amusement park. So to go there and it was like it felt like you were at like a carnival, and the and the band was Cheap Trick, and it was unbelievable. But each of them walking over to you and pointing out your tattoo because obviously, like, people hadn't really seen that. But you kept yelling Brontosaurus, Brontosaurus, which any Cheap <laughs> Trick fan knows is the middle part, really, of California, yeah. man, because they're both moves, songs, and this and that and the other. Yeah, And that, that was just so cool, the fact. But I mean, even back then, like they were shocked kind of by a Kiss tattoo. And I mean, now you see them all the time. But at the time, it was totally different. So, Well,
4: when I first got it, me and my friend Lon went the same day, and we got them, and you know, it was my first tattoo. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get kissed. You now know I
3: mean? someday Lon will come in and do the kissing, oh. but he says he can't do it without cursing. I know he has he good can't stories. He since- can
4: You know, and <laughs> he'll he'll let it fly. That's for sure. Yeah, no question about that. I don't um, have a
3: dump button in here. So no,
4: I'm even trying to be careful about what I say. You know, but um, yeah, it was like 90, 91, I guess we went and uh, I was just like. It, you know, he wanted to get the, the faces that are on the, uh, the Alive Two tattoos, the little fit cartoons. Right. So he got them down his arm. He his arm ended up on the cover of Kiss My
3: Right. Re-rend. Kiss My Ass. I think I you say, say ass.
4: That. Okay. Kiss well, My it's Ass. It's and, a body uh, part. Kiss My Tuckers. <laughs> and so he he ended up on the album cover, and we went to the first year we went to the New York Kiss Expo after getting the tattoos. I mean. It was like we were rock stars. It was ridiculous. I mean, people were just coming up to us all day. Can I take a picture of your arm? Can I, can I, back then some people had like the, it was the eight millimeter camera. Yeah, right. So they were like, can we take video, you know? And I'm like, wow, that is the coolest thing. And we, I like, literally, I think me and him were like the first guys at that expo to have kiss tattoos. And... Gradually, each year we would go back, we'd see a few more people and a few more people. And then somebody would have like Destroyer on their whole back and all kinds of crazy stuff. But my only regret with the tattoo is I decided to get each guy with my favorite era costume so, when you look at it, you know, Ace is in his alive outfit, Paul's in the love gun, Jeans in the destroyer. And, you know, inevitably people are looking at it go, Don't
7: you know he don't wear the alive outfit with the destroyer
4: outfit? I'm Where's like, Anthony Bourdain? Yeah. to be here for that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I saw Kiss when you were in diapers. So just like, shut
7: up.
4: You know, Anthony so Sayer. yes, I know they don't wear those costumes together. You know, Can I see it? I, I mean, I get. It's old. I mean, it's now faded. look. This is radio, that so is we're all cool looking at Todd's so tattoo. It's in it his is destroyer
7: great. costume. Ace, is in, the Ace alive. is in the alive costume.
4: Paul's like that love gun shot where he's got the roses yeah, but, in his oh, hand. Yeah, that's so cool. And Peter's in an alive I Peter's yeah, a little
3: it's... too close to your breasts. I don't yeah, want to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know How what? ironic. What we're going to do, we're going to go to another Christine song. We're going to take a photo of the tattoo and put it in the Facebook group. Then we're going to get The Kiss Room House Band right here on Monco Radio where music and minds meet.
10: All right. The, the first two songs we're doing is uh, a request from Eric and Judy from the Electric Crush.
7: There were hundreds of requests, yes. by the way. Matt <laughs> spent all day trying to pick the request.
10: Yeah, So they donated to the Rock and Pod too.
3: They were the only ones.
10: Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on.
7: Come on,
3: trying to produce a show
7: here.
10: <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, I'll be in Pittsburgh uh, September 30th. Uh, The Steelers game. So you're welcome to come tailgate with us at the uh, Hyatt across from the uh, Heinz Field. So we'll be talking. All right, anyway, (laughs) the two songs are... What's that? Yins. 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 The two songs are Anything for My Baby and Plaster Caster. All right, here we go.
4: One, two, three, four.
2: Anything for my baby. I would steal anything for my baby. But we'd have steal anything for my baby. Ow.
9: I'm
2: in love and this song will to me. Yeah. She's my own name. And I gotta say, that I would steal anything from my baby. Weed and teeth, anything for my baby. Crawl on feet, anything. My baby Take off gifts
7: Cape 3, Gelliff. <laughs> Switching up to five. He's listening right now. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, nice.
2: Getting anxious, the hour's getting late. The night is almost over, but she can't wait. The things are complicated. My love is in her hands. And there's no more wait till She understands. The blast is getting hot.
7: A sip of coffee. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Stanley, <Lincoln>, 1976. <laughs> what, we're not, not going to do just a <laughs> <laughs> boy. Next year, next year, I promise.
4: Not that I don't like the song. Every say. second Friday in the,
3: in the <laughs> summer, kiss room.
10: <laughs> Whenever you're ready, buddy. Ready? I'm sorry. Yeah.
7: You're singing tonight, <laughs>
10: <laughs> all right. It's time for me and Bella. I'm gonna sit over here,
3: gotta put the phone down.
10: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me see something here. Okay, so uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, first thing is you know, our uh, Beatles on Ed Sullivan, we talked about before was the in Halloween special. So me as in Halloween special is Kiss meets Scooby-Doo. Nice. So. Run, <laughs> And uh, one of her favorite songs uh, is uh, I Was Made for Loving You. So, and uh, the other thing was, remember when I did that crazy uh, little drummer boy love gun thing? Yeah. I'm like uh, May Cinco de Mayo. So... And I'm like, let's do uh, I Was Made For Loving You with a Latin feel. <laughs> nice. So So let me get set up here. How's that sound? Good? All right, now, don't be shy. Sing loud. it all to you In the darkness There's so much I want to do Tonight I want to lay it at your feet Cause girl I was made for you And girl you going to make it all come true Cause girl you were made for me and girl I was made Uh, in the summer, you're going to sing lead on a song, right? Okay. All right. Sorry, to see we
3: got one more. Or That's it.
8: Okay. So, uh, hey, this is Eric
2: <laughs> Sander, just, uh, live from the NAM 2018, and you're listening to The Kiss
3: Room. Okay. I think I have my microphone back. Look, we're almost out of time because there's a show coming on right after The Kiss Room called Madhouse Theater. They're going to be up live next, so you can stay tuned for that. Or, because it's Kiss Weekend, you can go to KGF Rocks. Joe Polo, Jody Have Not. Those guys are holding it down. Um, Brent is on KGF Rocks right now, so it is Kiss Weekend. Let's go right around. Everybody give me some last-minute thoughts here. Let me bring up some mics. Jerry, how are you doing? Hey, Fantastic everybody, thanks for a great solo. day.
7: Thank you so much. Had a great time today at the Kiss Room. Nice to meet everybody. Uh, you can check me out online, uh, jerryleewatkins.com, for my music schedule. Of course, uh, rock and, rock and roll Kiss.com, which is rock and roll over, friend and our tribute band. And uh, we're playing tonight. If you're in the Delco area, Fran and I are in a Green Day tribute band. We'll be playing in a place called Marty McGee's tonight. And uh, love the show. Thanks, Matt. Fantastic. Thank you for me. You're in your bed. All love to Vinny Vincent. <laughs> All love to <the> Vinnie Vincent.
5: <laughs> Vinny just put an announcement out. He's got pedals coming out now. Full yeah, shred it. pedals. Wow. <laughs> uh, breakfast uh, cereal too. And, and breakfast cereal. And it's not Fruity Pebbles. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's got what sugar on it? one side <laughs> and wheat
7: on the other. <laughs> he's gonna, all
3: right, he's plug gonna, your he's stuff. He's going to be Janet in the New Yorker's <laughs> company every
5: uh, All right. That's
7: my uh, thought. Joyce DeWitt. That was pick Chrissy Hahn. Joyce
3: DeWitt or <laughs> Chrissy Hahn. Yeah. yeah.
5: I do a couple shows, Totally Driven Radio, Totally Driven Radio Rocks. I have an uh, interview coming up this week with the band Them Evils, who just played Philly the other night. Uh, another interview coming up with, uh, maybe you guys remember, because we're all about the same age, band from Seattle, TKO. Uh, lead singer Brad Sinsel, that'll be coming up this week as well. And uh, tons of other stuff. Totally Driven Entertainment, Totally Driven Radio, Bay Ragney. Like us, love us, follow us. We are everywhere. There you go. Uh, Tom Stewart, Stazeski. Depends
4: on what day of the week you catch me. Uh, had a great time today and meeting everybody here, some people I'm Facebook friends with and didn't even realize it until I got here. How about that? It's the world we live in Don't today. Um, had a great time. Uh, thanks, Matt, for having me. It's been a long thanks time coming. coming. Thanks for doing a Saturday because I can't do Fridays <laughs> because I'm at Tom and Jerry's every Friday, five to eight with the Buddy Cash Band. All your favorite classic rock hits. You 2 Stones, Beatles. Um, he's still alive? He's still alive. He's the be- Really, hands down, probably the best bass player I've ever played with. I mean, not even probably. He's just the pocket is unbelievable with that guy. So uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's got the bass down at the kneecaps, you know. And so um, you can check them out every Friday. We gig uh, Tom and Jerry's fr- Fridays five to eight happy hour um, in the Land of Oz, which is a Ozzy tribute. We do some Black Sabbath and we gig around in some theaters and stuff. We do Sellersville, Penn's peak that kind of stuff, and. Land of Oz on Facebook, and also the Electric Lynn Orchestra, which is a ELO a tribute to ELO, and we also do a few things that Jeff Lynn produced. So uh, you keep the, busy. Yeah, plus my day job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Electric Lynn Orchestra Facebook, Land of Oz Facebook, Buddy Cash Band Facebook, and uh, that's it.
3: Fantastic. Yeah. Susan, what do you think? Come up to the mic.
4: It was nice meeting everyone. Thanks for having me in the kiss room. <laughs> Woo-hoo!
3: Yeah,
10: Bella. Hi. That sounded great, by the way. Yes,
3: yeah, Thank you.
10: Anything you want to say? Oh, how about?
3: Happy Mother's Day, people.
10: Yay! There you go. Yay!
3: Happy
10: Mother's Hi, Mom. Day, people. <laughs> you got to say it like Paul Stanley. Happy
2: Mother's Day, Happy people. Happy Mother's Day, people.
10: Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh, Jerry uh, gave all the info about the gigs. And um, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to me, Bella's mom, and my mom. And
3: um, I guess that's about it. Fantastic. Jim?
6: Uh, Just a happy Mother's Day to my uh, beautiful wife and my two beautiful daughters, Erica and uh, Jessica.
5: The other two, (laughs) I have four. The other two are not ready yet.
6: (laughs) 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 Woo! This is Paul Adler from Instinct. Uh, also, Old School will be playing tonight at Walsh's Tavern. You can pick us up and hear us or see us or do whatever you want on the World Wide Web at www.oldschoolrocksphilly.com. Thanks for having me in, Matt. Thanks
3: for coming back. And, Larry, you get the last word here? Yes, yeah, this is Larry, and I just want to say uh, I'm not appearing anywhere tonight. But, um... <laughs> Just keep it real. You Take it the easy. Kiss room today. But, you know, if you see Larry and Paul and you want their autographs, you did hear on earlier here on the Kiss Room. You can go back and listen to that. So I'm going to say the same thing. Happy Mother's Day. Obviously, happy Mother's Day to my mom and my lovely wife, Amy Porter. Madison is sitting in my office waiting for us to finish the Kiss Room. Madison, Julia, you should be nice to your mom on Mother's Day. Come back with us in June. Obviously, we got, we're got we going to be the second Friday of every month for the summer in the Kiss Room. Stay tuned right now. you got Madhouse Theater. There's still all kinds of shows on Monco Radio that happen all through the summer, even though school is out. So you can stay tuned to moncoradio.com. And, of course, you know how to listen to moncoradio.com because you're listening to the Kiss Room right now. So thanks to everybody who joined me today. You're all fantastic. This was our two-part <laughs> special. Kiss month May, we really knocked it out. I've gotten a lot of good comments already from yesterday's show. Now you got a two-part show. Thanks everybody. Stay tuned to Monco Radio. You're in the Kiss Room. I'll give the last word to Ken Mills on Monco Radio where music and minds meet.
10: Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the Friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene, man. Wait, wait, wait.
2: That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Have Clinton Harris, and D-Rock. Hi, Join Curly. us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. Yes! That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there.
8: <laughs> Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week, me and my crew will bring you the KISS News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a KISS version of Meet the Press. Your source for KISS News every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook.
3: All right, KISS Army. Since 2007...
2: You've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for
9: your ears.
10: That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the Podkiss crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this
8: is Jay Perali, and you're listening to Podkiss.
5: Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss.
8: The podcast. The Kiss
9: Audio Fanzine for Your Ears.
8: History, Science Theater. The most civilized.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh. F- <laughs> oh. F-
2: <laughs> me. Come on.
8: Respectful. Just <laughs> so imagine Gene it's with like, like a, <laughs> a with like a wash tub bath. Boom boom boom.
5: And serious. No, wait.
8: Excuse me, Bob. You're going to come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss Podcast on the web. History, Science Theory. We bust balls because we can. Hey, everybody. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and
10: roll,
6: and it's always free.
10: Hey, I'm Dr. F***. And
2: I'm the Ayatollah of
0: Alcohola. And we are from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. If you want to check out some crazy, uncensored, unbiased, totally nuts reviews of classic hard rock and heavy metal albums, Check us out. You can get us on Podbean and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday.
9: How
2: do I get a backstage pass?
8: Yeah, you're listening to Harold.
2: Grab your hairspray and your sister's makeup and try to fit
8: in those spandex again. Join me, Bobby Dreher, along with Matt Porter, every second Friday of each month from 1 to 3 right before the kiss room on my co-radio, where music and minds meet.
0: <laughs> you have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? i tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever
2: forget, we are your fans! We love you!
3: Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room stay tuned to Montco radio
8: any last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations
1: no but I will say something to anybody out there that's you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you, give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird.
4: I don't think anyone knows really how to access Monco Radio. Is it, like, what's the
9: station? I don't know. I'm sorry. Just putting that out there.
3: You don't know how to access Marco
0: Radio? Of course you do! You're listening to Monco Radio, where music and
8: minds meet.